the funniest people I know. These are the funniest people I know. Said improv ripping, callers and sketches, characters and interviews, and then some more sketches. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest people I know. Welcome to the funniest people I know. I'm George Kalouris, and here with me today are my very funny co-hosts, Abigail Williams. Hey, everybody. And Alexandria Sweat. <laughs> What's up, everybody? George almost forgot me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I just got told on. Welcome back, Alex. It's great to see you. I'm glad to be back. What's up, Abigail? What's up, George? Just living the dream. How was Beyonce's picnic? Amazing. We wore pantsuits and... We all got complimentary Ivy Park, and I got you guys merch. Oh, my God. Yes. You guys can pick between some stack tennis shoes, or would you guys like a skirt? Some sort of I'll take a skirt. I'll take the tennis shoes. Tennis shoes? Okay, I got you. Yeah. Skirts look terrible on me. Mm. Yeah, I think that's true. I bet you look great in a skirt, George, okay? I'm just joking. No, I've done it before, and I don't. I don't have shame. I can admit that. I won't even question it. <laughs> Each week, we kick off the episode with a round of what's making you laugh. Each of us are going to share a story, and then we're going to pick one to dive into. Abigail, what's making you laugh this week? This week, what's making me laugh is border problems in the countryside of France. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what's making me laugh this week is billionaire divorce. Mm. What's making you laugh this week, Alexandria? What's making me laugh is that it's going down in the DMs. <laughs> Whoa. All right. Yeah. Now we got to pick one. It's between mine and Alex's for me. I know. But Abigail was like, yours sounds so official that I'm kind of intrigued by yours. Yeah, I'm intrigued, Abigail. Let's share your story. All right. A Belgian farmer mistakenly moves the country's entire border with France. (laughs) This is real. A Belgian farmer moved a 330-pound stone out of the path of his tractor. It's like the stones in his tractor's way. It's like, get out of here. He unwittingly changed the border between Belgium and France by seven and a half feet. Oh, The mayor of this town in France, which I won't say because I'm horrible at pronouncing French things, said that historians walking the area where the stones had been placed to mark the border did this in 1820. So this guy's really (laughs) messing with some history. They said that they're not going to sue him as long as he puts it back in the original location. But if he doesn't, this man's going to face legal consequences. He better have a good memory. And he better. Yeah, I hope he knows where it went. The mayor of the town did say he was happy his town was bigger for a day by seven and a half feet. But I just think that's pretty funny. You're out in the farm, you move a rock, and now the government's coming at you, and you might be starting a war between your country and another. That would be so embarrassing if you just thought you were doing a little bit of yard work and you started the next European war. Yeah, exactly. Like, everybody hates that guy. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the shooting of the Archduke Ferdinand, uh, the moving of a rock. These are just cataclysmic events. Cataclysmic. So that's what was making me laugh this week. That's cracking me up. That makes me think my poor mom was just going off about the rocks in her yard today. Dang, what if she moved one of these Mm -mm. or one of these 
crack. Mm -mm. Yeah. Do not move it. I think Canada comes into Louisville. Kentucky <laughs> <laughs> history is forever changed because of this stupid rock. That's hilarious. Yeah. This is a PSA, Abigail. Don't touch rocks in your yard if you're close to the border. Yeah. Without consulting a map. Especially if they're 330 pounds. Yeah. Also, impressive. But he did use a tractor, but still. Oh, he's I mean, just I like, guess he didn't like, just like pull it like a strong man with a chain. Yeah, he didn't pick it up with his bare hands to my knowledge. But I mean, <laughs> if you look at a picture of this rock, it looks like a monument. Mm. It's tall. It's a rectangular shaped rock. It doesn't look like just some casual boulder. So this guy was, in my mind, not thinking too well. He was annoyed. There should have been a plaque on it. He was like, what the heck is this rock? I mean, the border. It's a border. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, that's really great. We have a very special guest joining us today, writer, director, and absolutely one of the funniest actors I've ever had the privilege to see perform, Lindsay Dunn. How are you doing, Lindsay? Hello, I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. We're super glad to have you join us. You are truly one of the funniest people I know, and I'm happy to have you on the show. Oh, thank you. I'm honored, especially because you said the name of the show. I feel like that's really special. And that probably doesn't happen every time, right? It doesn't. It, doesn't. <laughs> no. it really doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Lindsay, I need to share an embarrassing story that includes you that I'm sure you don't remember. Oh. I haven't even told Abigail and Alexandria this before. I'd seen you perform many times, and I'm a huge fan. You really are one of my favorite people I've ever seen on stage. And you and I had met a couple of times briefly, and then I had been invited to the set of our mutual friend Alex Parkinson's web series, Embassy Suites. And yes. I came to see the set for the first time, and I'd never been on a set of anything being shot. So I was real excited, and I get there, and I don't know anybody. And then these guys are like, I don't know, go sit in a chair over there. So I just sat in a chair in a corner with three people I didn't know. Alex was busy, <laughs> and I didn't know anybody else. So I just sit in the corner with these three people talking about football. And then I see Lindsay, and I get really excited. I'm like, oh, there's Lindsay. I'm going to go say hi. And I run over, and I'm like... <laughs> Lindsay. Hey, Lindsay. Hey, Lindsay. And Lindsay's obviously busy. She's got like, a <laughs> notebook open. There's a man she's talking to. The DP, he's consulting with her. She's working there. She's a script supervisor. Mm -hmm. They're in the middle of a conversation trying to figure something out. And I'm like, hey, Lindsay. Hey, Lindsay. Lindsay. Hey. Hey, Lindsay. <laughs> Finally, yeah, what? <laughs> I'm sure just like that. Yeah, that sounds like Lindsay. Yeah, yeah. what the f*** do you want, yeah, George? Shut up. And I have nothing to say. I have no follow-up. I'm just no. hi. Okay, hey. hi, Well, I'm going to just go sit back down. <laughs> and, then, and that guy, the DP, rolls his eyes so bad I thought he was about Aww. to go into a coma. And I shrunk back. And I think I avoided you for months after that. Oh, my God. What? I humiliated oh, myself no. in front of Lindsay Dunn. And <laughs> one day, Will and Motto's like, you know, she probably doesn't even know that that happened. No, I don't remember that. <laughs> the time I got overwhelmed by meeting you. Nothing makes me feel more like a child than being on a film set. If you don't have an explicit title, everybody's like, who are you? Why are yeah. you here? Get out of the way. Go I sit mean, in the corner chair yeah, out even, of the way. Even if you're acting in it, 
people think actors are treated so great. Yeah, the celebrities are. The rest of us, they're like, oh, you're just that loser actor here for that yeah. one scene. Right. <laughs> Get over in the corner and shut up. Exactly. Why don't you go hang out at a crafty table? Come back. Eat these cheese balls. Yeah, it's demoralizing, and we always mm-hmm. just can't wait to get back to it. Mm. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I think I want to love it. I love what I think it could be if I were the top dog celebrity, but that's a whole different story. Lindsay, what have you been working on these days? What comedy are you making? I am working on a duo sketch comedy episode, basically. It'll be like a 20-minute video sketch show. Doing that with Coley, if you know her. That's awesome. Yeah, very excited. We're working on music this week. Just to give you a heads up, there's quite a bit of music. (laughs) I kept adding songs. I had a couple already, and then I just added another one. And Coley was like, okay, I guess we're doing another song. Good for you. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. Where are you releasing this? That's a great question. I'll probably put it on my YouTube Maybe try to connect with Funny or Die. Even just one or two on there would be nice. Since it's kind of a longer show, I'm trying to figure out what context. If they do festivals, maybe even like compartmentalize pieces of it, just send them out. But yeah, I'd like to get lots of eyes on it. That'd be really cool. I'd love to see it. I'd like to get my eyes on it. (laughs) (laughs) Same. As soon as I see it, I'll definitely share it if possible so we can make sure we can get more eyes on it. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I'll definitely be sharing it once it's all finished. Hopefully it'll be around August is the date that we'll oh, that's awesome. have it already. I love it. We'll be looking out for that for sure. Lindsay, we were recently on a show together. Yes, literally part of the show <laughs> together. Listeners, you may remember we had Ashley Payne on who was directing this show and she was mm-hmm. one of the writers. It was a show about the actor's worst nightmare where everything falls apart and the tech goes to crap and nobody remembers their lines. People are quitting left and right. And it kind of turned into a show. Starting with the diva who quits and unquits throughout the show. Yeah, that's right. It was wild. We were supposed to have three shows, but we had mm-hmm. two because the last one got rained out, which I felt was an appropriate ending, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the That show. was the one I was going to be at. I was super sad to miss yeah, it. Yeah, George missed oh. it. I was going to go to the first one, but then it was supposed to be rained out, and I didn't go, and then it got unrained out. The second one, we had a completely different script that we received less than 48 hours before <laughs> the show. With brand new sketches. Thank you, writers and directors. This is a serious note, but our tech guy actually got hit by a car in a crosswalk. The wildest part, I literally had a line during an epilogue where it said the tech boy got hit by a car. Yeah. Imagine how terrified all of us were of that epilogue. After <laughs> yes, because I killed you all love. He predicts next? that I die in a project with Morgan Freeman, and I've worked on a project that Morgan Freeman <laughs> worked on, and I start thinking, what's about to happen? I'm glad to report he's okay. Yeah, yeah he's all right. He had a broken leg, had to have surgery on it. He was still trying to come to the show two days later. Yeah, we were like, hey, man, my thoughts are you should definitely stay home. <laughs> but uh, that's just me. It's your business. I got scared of the show after that. And then we had a new tech person who did a great job, but there were actual technical 
problems that we were experiencing up until the moment of the show. There was one part in the show where I, an actor in the show who has access to the script, thought that the show was actually going under. But then I realized it was just a brilliant moment where we were doing everything right. But then (laughs) right after we started the show, I was like, why does it feel like we're in the dark? And I walk up to this guy who helped set everything up. And I was like, hey, man, it feels really dark. And he goes, oh, crap, I forgot to turn on the stage lights. So (laughs) during the show, during one of the sketches, he just walks on out there and turns on the lights. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so sad I missed this. The great news is the audience probably had no idea what was real and what was fake. So in some ways, it was a triumph. Yeah, it's true. I forgot your blanket at one point. Yeah, Lindsay has me laying out here on the concrete floor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I just threw it, and I'm pretty sure it could have been seen. It hit like, me. Yeah, that's she part just, of it. All of a sudden, I'm out there, and I'm getting hit with the blanket. <laughs> but it was fun working with everyone, and that's what makes it, it worth it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then appropriately, the final show just got rained out. We're maybe going to revamp it in June, but one by one, these actors are like, I can't. I'm not available. La, la, la. It's like this thing just fell apart, man. <laughs> this is just going to have to live on in lore. Everybody who missed it is just going to have to have missed out on the well, greatest show that ever the was. The greatest show of Atlanta. Yeah. Lindsay, a recurring segment we do on the show is we relive a childhood trauma by scripting out a time that our parents got on our case about inappropriate music lyrics. And in honor of Mother's Day, we thought we'd have Abigail relive some of that trauma. Yeah, I've done this before. The first time that I ever had to read some lyrics for mom was when I was about eight years old living in a small town, Dublin, Georgia. My best friend, Chris Kuhn, Lived in Atlanta. He and I were pen pals, and he wrote me this letter telling me about the Backstreet Boys. I'd never heard of them, but they were the coolest boy band ever. When I went to visit Chris, we spent time going through the CD pamphlet, complete with the photos of each Backstreet Boy. It's got all the lyrics. You guys remember those things? Oh, yeah. We talked about who our favorites were, and I was a Nick and Brian fan all the way. When I got home, obviously, I wanted to buy this CD, but nobody brings a new CD into Cindy's house without a massively thorough investigation. That conversation went something along the lines of this. Lindsay, if you'll read my mom, and Alex, if you will read 8-year-old Abigail, we will get this party started. What's this one song, Rock Your Body? Yeah, that's not really my favorite. I'm more just like... Let's look at the lyrics. She reads through the pamphlet with her glasses on. (laughs) Everybody, rock your body. Everybody, rock your body. Right. Back streets back. All right. Rock your body. It's like a dance move. Hmm. What do you think it looks like? Just like stepping back and forth. Right. Well, you read the next part. Oh, my G-O-D, we're back again. They don't know that it's wrong to take God's name in vain, Mom. I know it's not right. I sing, oh, my gosh, whenever I listen to it, which is almost (laughs) never. 
This isn't even my favorite. <laughs> mm, keep reading. Brothers, sisters, everybody sing. Gonna bring the flavor, show you how. Got a question for you, better answer now, yeah. <sighs> keep going. Am I original? Yeah. Am I the only one? Yeah. Am I sexual? Yeah. Am I everything you need? You better rock your body now. How could a person be sexual? Oh. Hand scene. Oh, man. <laughs> Lindsay, you sound too much like my mom. Oh, oh no. I was actually sweating. <laughs> I can't go back there. <laughs> right at the end when she's getting to sexual, I can feel oh, the tension. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, that was the climax uh, of the song. That's what moment. she was worried about. That's right. Asexual. Exactly. That's how they sing it. Yeah. What do you mean sexual, Abigail? What does that mean? What do you think they mean by are you sexual? <laughs> what do you say to that? I did <laughs> not say a word. There was no winning. That was a trick question. I knew that much. That is loaded. Yeah. Pass. Loaded. Hard pass. And that's it. That's my experience with the Backstreet Boys. But I did get the CD, if you can believe it. Ooh. Somehow, they still I passed the test? through that just right. She didn't like those lyrics, but she really <laughs> believed me when I said, I really didn't listen to that song all that much. She knew my favorite ones. I am a Chinese water torture when it comes to wearing my parents down for things, or I should say <laughs> that I was. And so I just kept at it, and eventually she cracked. We are going to move into a segment that we call Bad Reviews. And in this section, we take one-star reviews of what other people would consider to be good restaurants or businesses, in today's case, restaurants. Okay, George? I decided to find a one-star review about Atlanta's most beloved restaurant, Chick-fil-A. <gasps> I can already feel the oh. hatred coming out of this review. <laughs> I searched and searched until I found a one-star review for Chick-fil-A. I found one from Alicia in Decatur, Georgia. Worst Chick-fil-A ever. Mm. I will not be going back. The dining room smelled bad, almost like sewage. When I told the employees, one employee replied, I don't smell anything. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The second employee, the man, decided Mm. to tell her, I've been smelling this all day. (laughs) Wow. I apologized for his experience, hence him smelling the foul odor all day. The employees proceeded to talk loudly to the other employees behind the counter about not knowing why anyone is complaining because there's nothing they can do about it. How about shut this bitch down until you fix the smell? (laughs) Dang, I personally asked to return my food. To make matters worse. I just want to give it back. I don't even, I just, no, I want you to take it. I'm not putting it in the trash. You take it. Right. (laughs) To make matter worse, I spent 30 plus minutes on hold trying to explain what transpired. Chick-fil-A was the last fast food chain I trusted. This experience has changed that to none. Dun, dun, dun. And she attached a photo of her phone having been on hold for 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's like Chick-fil-A knew it was you calling. So yeah. they were like, I'm going to make you make her hold. wait for 
40 minutes. It took them that long to compose themselves to talk to her without laughing. <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. Thank you, George. What you got, Abigail? Mine is from Sharna Q. It is from a restaurant called Aviva. Everybody in Atlanta loves this restaurant except for Sharna. And she says this, this service has become horrible. I came in at a quarter to four. Side note, they close at four. So I was happy that they were still open because I haven't had any of this food in years. But seemed they had a little left. I asked where more chicken coming up. They looked at me confused at first. Never asked the cook, but just said no. Finally, other people arrived and they asked for fresh chicken. Now they had more coming. So when I asked again, she said, yes. Mind you, they said no, that I had to get the small last piece of chicken. So they continued talking. <laughs> the small last piece of chicken. The That's shame. a direct quote. So they continued telling me things I can't have. After I said I was paying separate for things I wanted, parentheses, I wanted to try everything since I haven't had it in long, <laughs> no matter what the cost, close parentheses. They didn't offer me anything for the hassle. Wrapped my bread up in napkins, but opened a new box of wax paper in front of me after they gave me my bread (laughs) in a store napkin, LMAO. (laughs) I was accused of having sauce. I didn't. Then to come to find out, she ran out of the sauce, so they had to make it. My falafel balls also were smaller than remembered, but whatever. We've all been there, haven't we, Sharna? (laughs) I won't spend her again. And I definitely regret giving my $29 to be treated like I was nothing. Shake my head. Do better, Camille. I just loved every piece of that. <laughs> oh my god, that's so good. I wanted everything, not a small piece of chicken. They opened that plastic <laughs> one wax paper in front of me. Oh, yeah, the wax. <laughs> I've been thinking of stupid napkins. Oh my god, that's so good. Wow. All right, what you got, Alex? I like finding critics' reviews. They always give me a level of bougie that I really enjoy. Jason Sheehan on Louie Louie in Philadelphia didn't have a lot of kind words for it. And he called it bad in every way a restaurant can possibly be bad. (laughs) (laughs) It's even worse than the poor service from the staff who all seemed annoyed from having to be there. There wasn't a winner on this muddled menu. I love that. Such cute alliteration. (laughs) Yeah, like a novelist is like, I think I'll write a food review. But perhaps the most unappetizing among the mix of Italian mains and Spanish abs is the duck burger, a patty of dry, dank duck confit. (laughs) (laughs) On the flat grill under a half-melted slab of brie and lubricated egg. That's too far, sir. That's too far. You can't say lubricated in terms of food. What? 
lubricated by a cherry onion marmalade that tastes like a handful of old onions sweated in a Jolly Rancher demi-glace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he felt very strongly and actually gave this restaurant no stars. I know technically we were going for one, but we'll take it. There's lubricated brie on that dank duck. How can you expect them <laughs> to give it a star? What do you say to that? And just to finish it out, Jason wanted you to know that while there are many words I could use to describe Louie Louie, I'm going to say only this. Louis Louis is a bad restaurant. Mm. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a poetic ending. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A nice word that says it's a bad restaurant. It did not stick the landing. <laughs> he gave so, up. <laughs> yeah, I've, never, I've never heard lubricated used with a meal, and I don't think I want to hear it there again. Mm-mm. I kind of want to go to Louis Louis. It sounds delicious. <laughs> it does actually sound It's delicious. like real bougie. I don't know if I can afford it, but it sounds <laughs> fancy. We can take a trip to Philadelphia. Let's do it, guys. Field trip. We're back in the writer's graveyard, and Abigail is in the hot seat again today. Abigail, what have you brought for us? Today I have brought a piece that I wrote for a future show that has yet to be done, but it's a piece that's in the graveyard nonetheless. And it is about some past experiences growing up in a faith-filled home, and this is called Let's Eat. Lindsay, if you'll read Monica, the matriarch of the family. Alex, if you will read Stan, he's a down-to-earth, no-nonsense Christian man. And Mary. So Alex is doubling up. Mary is a level-headed, more liberal than the rest of them family girl. George, you get to be Becca. You're ridiculous, zany. And I'll be Chris, the boyfriend coming home to meet the parents. Okay, this is Let's Eat. Interior, dining room, lunchtime. We see a family sitting down for their weekly Sunday dinner at lunchtime, passing food around to be served. One of these persons is not like the others. We are so glad you decided to join us for Sunday lunch today, Christopher. Mary has told us so much about you. Thank you. Um, just Chris is fine. The only person who calls me Christopher is my mom. Well, uh, we certainly are happy to call you by whatever name you're most comfortable with being called. Aren't we family? Yeah, whatever you want to be called, idiot, meathead, clown face, you name it, we'll call it. Mary tells us that you work in the field of marine biology. Yeah, that's right. And what led you to that career path? Working to disprove the theory of evolution and global warming, eh? Good man. Um, to be honest, it was kind of a weird thing. I watched this movie when I was a kid, Flipper, and um, <laughs> oh, I remember that one with the really cute small guy, Elijah Hunt or whatever. What? Yeah, that guy, the Hobbit. Anyway, I remember he had like this sad old dolphin or something, and he was in juvie living with some foster family. Stan goes back to making his plate. When he finishes, he stares at his food with great anger and longing. I think you're thinking about Free Willy. No, I'm not. Anyway, that guy on the boat was a marine biologist. Okay, everyone. Time to pray. No sense in this food getting cold while we sit here fellowshipping. Stan extends his hand to his wife, Monica, sitting to his right, and to Chris on his left. As he looks around the table, Chris notices everyone is holding hands except for him. He awkwardly takes Stan's hand. 
Chris, would you mind saying the blessing? <laughs> uh, what? The blessing for lunch? Oh, um, uh, sure. <sighs> Everyone bows their heads, but Chris, who looks wildly for some sort of inspiration. Um, our dearest father, who art in heaven, thank you for this, um, magnificently overstated meal given from thy dutiful, um, merciful, um, bounty by which we are about to receive. Uh, we pledge our allegiance to the Christian flag of your goodness, and we ask, uh, that you protect us from all things evil, like, um, evolution and drugs. Lord, so often it seems like we are just, uh, swinging from the chandelier of life, living like tomorrow doesn't exist holding on for dear life we just one two three one two three drink we can't look down we can't open our eyes stan opens his eyes and stares at chris here comes the shame and so free us from that lord and thank you for this food amen stan immediately starts eating his food amen wow chris that was a completely ridiculous. What the heck was that supposed to be? A devotion from the book of weirdos? Oh my goodness, I almost forgot. This is the first day of the road to Calvary. We forgot to sing and light candles. Sing? Yeah. We celebrate Easter tons of week in advance. And my mom always lights these candles. And, and blessed are you, O Lord of God, giver of the universe who gives us peace. Monica hums the opening pitch, and the family starts singing to the tune of the Sound of Music's Edelweiss. Bless, bless our home, bless our home, home. come, Lord, and be with us. Mary nudges Chris to join in. He feebly does. Bless our home, bless our home, come, Lord, and be Oh my god, Chris, solo! Blackout. <laughs> it's, a, it's an odd one. Oh my I'll admit god. that, but it's also real. That Whatever. poor yes. guy. Not the singing, right? The singing's not real. It's all real, I swear oh, to you. Yeah. Oh. My family would gather around the piano and sing stuff. This is not that far-fetched to many of us. There are dozens of us, in the words of Tobias Funke. <laughs> <laughs> I embellish some things that are more stereotypical. My family was not like, oh, what about evolution and all that? I mean, that was not really a mm. part of my home, but I'm just embellishing there. But in general, yeah, you show up, oh, you're going to wow. ask a lot of really probing questions, and you're just expected to be a part of what we're doing. Like, how about you say the blessing? How about you do this? Like- <laughs> just singing on the song you don't know. That's so <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Right. <laughs> ask my husband, Kevin, and that's a fact. <laughs> Bless Kevin. Bless him. That's right. I grew up in a Christian home. I have never given the blessing. And I've really? always had panic. I don't know why. They've just never made me do it. It's always been my dad or my grandma or my mom. Lindsay, next but time I just feel eat, like... I'm going to ask you to say the blessing. <laughs> do not. I'm serious. I'm like, Lindsay, would you bless the food? Thank you. I'm, I'm going to be honest. This would basically be me. I would just be improvising and not getting to the heart of anything. I would try my best, but yeah, no. That's what we're all doing, <laughs> Lindsay. We're just improvising. You know? I mean... My yeah. prayers growing up actually used to be, dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this meal. Thank you for everyone in the whole world. Amen. And sometimes my dad would say, 
okay, can you do it again and try to make it real? <laughs> <laughs> you always had to speed through your blessing for me. I was always ready to get I'm ready to eat. Yeah, like, let's go. <laughs> Amen. My dad and mom were always like, there are no right words. Just say what you're thankful for or talk like you would to anybody else and then move on. It was a normal thing at my house. It wasn't like what it can be, a super awkward expectations game. But that does happen in a lot of places, so why not make fun of it? It's really funny. I think it's a pretty good sketch. Maybe that should come out of the graveyard sometime. Maybe it will. We'll see. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. And thank you, Lindsay, so much for joining us today. This has been a lot of fun. I'm so glad we were able to have you on. Yeah, thank you. This was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed being here. Thank you. We can't wait to see you and Coley's work. You've got to keep us posted on that. Definitely. Yes, I'm excited to get it together, and I'll share it with all of you. Before we go, since it's Mother's Day, we'd like to use our platform, this worldwide listen-to podcast, to send a little message to our moms who we're celebrating today. Yes. Alexander, would you like to begin? Sure. Thank you, Mom. I want to thank you for throwing me a really awesome birthday party when I turned 30 and inviting all my friends. It was a good time. And it was so good that when you reminded me that you didn't raise me in that way and you like kind of slut shamed me, but it was okay because (laughs) (laughs) it was my 30th birthday. But I appreciate you making sure the party was a bit of fun and a bit of shame. (laughs) (laughs) Abigail? Mom, thank you for passing down to me all things particular. The closing of bathroom shower curtains, making sure things are cut the right way, loading the dishwasher properly, and by properly, I mean your way. It is because of these specific peculiarities that my husband and I are guaranteed to argue almost every single day. And I owe it all to you. (laughs) (laughs) thank you mom for training me on how to be a comedian you never quite appreciated my talents growing up my comedic attempts were mostly met with george be quiet george (laughs) cut it george for the love of god stop talking but i learned early on that the more annoyed you were the more wrinkled your face got the better the joke and now i can read audiences thank you Yes. That's a good one. Thank you, Mom, for getting me a bike. For my seventh or eighth birthday, it was a really cool bike, pink and purple. But nobody taught me how to ride it because no one that lived with me knew how to ride a bike. So now my husband and I can't go on bike rides without him being afraid that I'm going to ride into traffic. It's okay because someday I'll learn how to ride a bike, maybe by the time I turn 35 next year. That's great. Mom, thank you for giving me the book Almost 12 to read, to describe puberty and sexuality instead of just sitting down and having the old talk with me by yourself. Not that I can imagine that that chat would have been any better, but I gotta say, images of cartooned men and women who are naked with hair drawn onto places I didn't even know existed up until that point was truly a shocking and life-altering affair. While I never knew you could become mortified, hot, and bothered while reading a sterile textbook (laughs) description on the act of sex, I can assure you that it is not only possible, but it happens, leaving a very uncomfortable, scarred, and concerned, I don't know what to do with all these thoughts and feelings, almost 12-year-old in its wake. Thank you. (laughs) Happy Mother's Day. 
Thank you, Mom, for teaching me how to be a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And for teaching me to never take from anyone. Thanks to your guidance, I'm able to stand up for myself to bullies like insurance companies and customer service representatives. And I don't shrink down like those who were not properly trained around me. (laughs) Happy Mother's Day. Happy Happy Mother's Day. This has been another episode of The Funniest People I Know. Thank you so much to our guest, Lindsay Dunn, for joining us today. We record for the Georgia Radio Reading Service. Thank you to producer Jane Boynton, who edits the show. If you enjoy the show, please like, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. We're available on every service, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and Pandora. You can email us at funniestpeopleiknow at gmail.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at funniestpeopleiknow. Have a hilarious week. See you next time.